Thank you for joining us this Thursday afternoon on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And the title of our message is called A Holy Hope. And it's found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. And I'll be reading from the NIV version. And the scripture says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live lives that are holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of the Lord and his return. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. And this will be the home of the righteous. May the Lord add a blessing to his word. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for your love. And we thank you for your mercy. And we thank you, Lord, for this scripture that we're going to talk about today. Because it is a heavy-duty scripture. It talks about doom and gloom. But it also talks about how and why we should live right. That we are to set the examples for others. And Lord, that no one is beyond the scope of your salvation. There is always hope. So today, as we learn about this holy hope, we ask, Lord, that you give me the words and the wisdom as we bring forth the message. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about this, a holy hope. You know, Americans are big on insurance. We spend a lot of money every year on insurance policies of one kind or another to protect our possessions, to protect our cars, our houses, our lives, our loved ones. Now, I suppose this is a good thing, but sometimes it goes a little bit over the top. For example, if you might be abducted by aliens someday, or ET, as they say, did you know you can take out an insurance policy against that? It's not a joke. For $156 a year, a London company will insure you in the event you're nabbed by an ET or extraterrestrial. Now, you've probably heard about celebrities that carry insurance policies also. There's a rock singer by the name of uh, Springsteen, and he has a multi-million dollar policy on his voice. The chief taster for Edie's Grand Ice Cream is insured his taste buds for $1 million. So what are you insured for today? Now, I know insurance has something to do with managing risk, and I'm not saying insurance is something. Uh, I'm just giving an example. But that doesn't have to be the core of it. Do we have something to fear today that we take out insurance just in case something happens? What are you fearful today about? 
What are you fearful about losing? Do you know there are some people who believe that Christians or Christianity is really nothing more than spiritual fire insurance? Have you ever looked at it that way? They believe the primary motivation for people to be a Christian is that someday it might keep them out of hell. Sounds a little crazy, but think about it. Apparently, they can't imagine any other benefit, so it must be some kind of spiritual fire insurance. I'll never forget a young lady in a Bible study many years ago, and she made this statement. She said, I've been raised in a wonderful Christian home. And she said it in very absolute seriousness. She said, I'm a Christian for one reason and one reason only. I'm terrified of going to hell. You know, we live in a world today where hell has been, uh, we say we live in hell on earth. Or sometimes our life can be uh, like that. But we can hardly imagine what hell is. When we read in the scriptures, it talks about it. But Hollywood has glamorized it. I wonder if we were all honest this afternoon, how many of us would have to say that at least part of our motivation for going the Christian way has to do with spiritual fire insurance. In other words, we we're afraid of going to hell. We read a passage like this. It's very sobering to know that one day the earth is going to be gone. But we have a promise that's found in the scripture, and we'll get into that in a moment. How sobering it is to think about that. Peter seems to say that one day everything is going to burn, that the elements will melt in the heat, and the heavens will disappear. A term they call scorched earth. Our worst nuclear nightmare. So why wouldn't we want some insurance against that? Even this passage speaks of a promise that we who belong to Christ are looking forward to, a new heaven and a new earth. We call this Christian hope. We believe that Christ will have a future, that we'll have a future in Christ and a hope, and that hope should and does impact the way that we live today, tomorrow, and in the future. Now you must be asking, Pastor, what in the world does this message have to do with holiness? I'm glad you asked that today. The way that you think and I think about the future and how we respond to our present in the light of the future has everything to do with holiness today. You see, God's gift of holiness to us is not just one small piece of what it means to be a Christian. It has everything to do with it. It's not just about sins of the past being forgiven or just about a flawed heart being cleansed. It is about how we view the future. We are a people of great hope today. I think any Christian would say that. But the most important question I want to raise for us today is, what is it that we are really hoping for today? How does God teach us to view the future? 
Now on this point, not all Christians will agree. Are we just hoping for a cataclysmic end to this sinful old world? Is Christian existence essentially determined by just hanging in there until the end? Are we just counting down the hours, the days, the years until Jesus comes back and rescues us from this world? A lot of Christians have pretty much believed just that. And you know, unfortunately, a lot of what you hear on Christian radio and you read in books you get from the Christian bookstore has the same view. It goes like this. This world is a broken mess. It's like a sinking ship. And our job as Christians is just to survive and try to take as many people with us as we can before this old ship goes down. But is that what the scriptures teach us today? To believe about the future? Is that what it means to have Christian hope? If you really begin to understand what holiness is, the answer must be no. When you believe that God is at work in the world, truly transforming people, and the world through those people, then you can see if you can't see the future with anything other than radical optimism. God is still transforming people today. He's transforming our world. We believe that God's grace is active in this world. Some people have given up hope of that, but we have to see it. We have to believe it. His grace is active in the believers also. But let me back up for a moment. When I said his grace is active in the heart of every person, he's calling them to be reconciled and to be made new. And I believe even in the churches today, he's calling people back. People have sat in the pews so long, or they don't even go to church anymore. And I'm not here to judge whether you're a Christian or not. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we need to realize that His grace is active in every heart. His grace is at work in the church, helping us to truly bear witness to the presence of Jesus in the world, serving Jesus as He would serve, caring for the bodies and the souls of our neighbors and those that we meet along the way. Holiness says, God is working and making everything new, making everything whole again. He's restoring, reconciling. So for Christians to have an idea that this world is just messed up and we can't do anything more about it except wait for it to be burned up is to miss the power of what God is up to because God is always working. We might not see it in our lifetime sometimes, but God will use us to do something and then someone else will bring it on to fruitation. But God will use us. God is always up to something. It may not be in our timing, but it will be in His. The scriptures have a lot to say about destiny of this world. Some of it is optimistic. Some of it is pessimistic. As people who believe in a holy God and He's actively redeeming this world, we have to have an optimistic view. 
but I intentionally chose this text today that seems the least to support that claim. It sounds like Peter believes what a whole lot of Christians believe today. Hold on, the ship is going down, but Christ will save you just in time. There are two things I want you to notice today. One is that not all that Peter says, that's not all he says. He does appear to say the creation is doomed, correct. But then he talks about what our response to that fact should be. And the response is to hold forth has nothing to do with just biding our time until Jesus comes back and destroys the evildoers. Our response must be active. We must be energetically involved in what God is doing in the world. Look at verse 11 and 12. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the coming day of the Lord and the speed in its coming. Speed in its coming. What does this mean? And it's in the text if you read it. It has to do with the central point that Peter was trying to make in this passage, which is, don't worry that Christ hasn't returned yet. He knows what ter terrible mess this world is in. But the reason he hasn't returned is he is patient. He doesn't want anyone to perish. In other words, God is still on a mission to save this world. And you know, Christians, we're on a mission and we need to be active. We need to be energetically involved. We need to roll up our sleeves and get to work sharing the good news of Jesus with everybody we can. Not just because we think the ship is going down, but because we are an optimistically believing people that God's grace is working. He's working to change lives. He's working to heal hearts today. He's working to restore that which was broken and make it new. So the first thing to notice is that Peter is not really a pessimistic person. He's a real reali realist, or he believes in reality. But he is also positively an optimist about God's prevalent grace and our part in being condolence of that grace to a hurting world. The second thing to notice is that many of the scriptures speak differently about the future and our parts in it. In Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about the creation being liberated from bondage. Colossians chapter 1 talks about all these things, whether on earth or in heaven, being reconciled to God through Christ. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus speaks about the renewal of all things in Matthew 19.28. And in Revelation, the risen Christ says, I am making everything new, Revelation 21.5. The Bible's full of optimism about the ability of the Gospel to, of grace to change our world. And if a holiness people believing anything that's what we should believe today. People really can change, you know. 
families can be changed and restored, systems can be changed, nations can really change. Loved ones, let me say this today, as simple as I can. God has saved us, and in Christ, God has made a way for us to be holy, like He is. But that holiness does not make us a fragile display piece, like a piece of glass or something that would break. It makes us a fearless servant who runs towards the least of these, in Matthew 25, verse 40. Our theology of hope should compel us to go and serve in this world. We have real hope to offer those who have been abused by sin. We have real hope to offer our families, our neighbors, our community, our nation, and yes, even our world. God is in Christ reconciling the world to himself, 2 Corinthians 5.19. Friends, do not accept Christianity that is anything less than optimistic about the world. Do not accept Christianity that has a sinking ship mentality. God offers us a Christianity that has a transforming power mentally, a Christian that understands that our participation with Christ will literally change our world. The very best insurance can do is provide a substitute for what is lost. Don't settle for a substitute. Live the real life today. As a person who has been redeemed by the power of Christ in you, go and be optimistically. Tell everyone you can that there is still hope. Go out and believe that you are changing the world by living as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for your mercy, and we thank you for your protection. We thank you, Lord, that you will guide us and direct us, that you will help us to have a positive attitude, that you will help us to have energy, that we can look in this world with a positive outreach. We ask, Lord, that you will be with us, that you will help us to reach our world for you. Lord, we know that we can change our world with your help by living as faithful disciples of Christ. So Lord, if there be someone this day that does not know you as their personal savior, we pray somehow, some way, that they will uh, make a profession of faith. They will pray the sinner's prayer which they can ask for forgiveness and you will forgive them and you will help them, Lord, each and every day. Like we said about this holiness, holiness is God working and making everything new. He's making us whole again. And that's the fact of being redeemed or reconciled back to Christ. Heaven rejoices when a sinner comes home. I can imagine it's like being in a Colosseum. But until then, we have to reach out to this world around us. All is not hopeless. 
We have to have an optimistic view. We have to have hope. So today, as we close the broadcast out for this Thursday, I wanted to share this message with you, this holy hope. Because, you know, one day the eastern sky will crack open and the Lord will come for his church. Many saints have gone on before us. Many, many people I could name have gone on. But until then, we have a job to do. We have a calling. So just remind us, Lord, this day, who we are, what we are, and why we are, and what we're doing for you. Give us this holy hope today. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Thursday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And we look forward to joining you on Friday with a message of hope and encouragement. Have a good day. God bless.